for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome you to Living Life. You know, theologians like to debate things, and one of the things is, should we believe in total depravity? Well, I think we can at least agree that there is enough depravity. And as we go through the passage today, this second half of Judges chapter 19, I think you're going to be really leaning into total depravity, because here we see very clearly that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that even if we get something right, even our righteousness is as filthy rags. And, you know, unless God's grace comes to us, we're really not able and we're certainly not willing to welcome the gospel of Jesus Christ. We won't trust him. We won't put our faith in him and know that he delivers us. So here in our text, we're going to see that, yes, there was no king in Israel at this time, and everyone did as they saw fit. They just did what they wanted to do. And we're going to see that so clearly because in our text, there's just a lot of depravity. We're going to see adultery, homosexuality, rape, murder, mutilation, cover-up. I mean, the list just goes on and on of the depravity of mankind. But this passage is in our Holy Scriptures, and God has something to share with us in this passage. So let's together have ears to hear as the Scriptures are now read for us at this time. Judges chapter 19 verses 16 through 30 That evening an old man from the hill country of Ephraim who was living in Gibeah, the inhabitants of the place where Benjamites, came in from his work in the fields. When he looked and saw the traveler in the city square, the old man asked, where are you going? Where did you come from? He answered, We are on our way from Bethlehem in Judah to a remote area in the hill country of Ephraim where I live. I have been to Bethlehem in Judah and now I am going to the house of the Lord. No one has taken me in for the night. We have both straw and fodder for our donkeys and bread and wine for ourselves, your servants, me, the woman, and the young man with us. We don't need anything. You are welcome at my house, the old man said. Let me supply whatever you need. Only don't spend the night in the square. So he took him into his house and fed his donkeys. After they had washed their feet, they had something to eat and drink. While they were enjoying themselves, some of the wicked men of the city surrounded the house. Pounding on the door, they shouted to the old man who owned the house, Bring out the man who came to your house so we can have sex with him. The owner of the house went outside and said to them, No, my friends, don't be so vile. 
Since this man is my guest, don't do this outrageous thing. Look, here is my virgin daughter and his concubine. I will bring them out to you now, and you can use them and do to them whatever you wish. But as for this man, don't do such an outrageous thing. But the men would not listen to him. So the man took his concubine and sent her outside to them, and they raped her and abused her throughout the night, and at dawn they let her go. At daybreak the woman went back to the house where her master was staying, fell down at the door, and lay there until daylight. When her master got up in the morning and opened the door of the house and stepped out to continue on his way, there lay his concubine, fallen in the doorway of the house, with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, Get up, let's go. But there was no answer. Then the man put her on his donkey and set out for home. When he reached home, he took a knife and cut up his concubine, limb by limb, into twelve parts, and sent them into all the areas of Israel. Everyone who saw it was saying to one another, Such a thing has never been seen or done, not since the day the Israelites came up out of Egypt. Just imagine, we must do something, so speak up. So here in Judges chapter 19, we're in the midst of a story of a Levite who had a concubine who was unfaithful to him, who then left and went to her parents, but he went back to get her. And he has a servant also with him and a couple donkeys, and they're now on their way back home. And they stop at a place called Gibeah, and there they're not seeing anyone showing hospitality to them. And so we pick up the story where then an old man comes into town who had been out working and he's going to show hospitality. But first he has a few questions for these travelers and he says, where are you going and where did you come from? Well, those are good questions. And so they answer it. So where are you going? They say in the hill country of Ephraim, where I live. And then, where did you come from? We came from Bethlehem. Well, questions are good to get some clarity. And I know that as I work with pastors and we think about our own spiritual formation, I ask questions like, what is bothering you? Or are you content or complacent? Or I'll ask something like, what kind of person are you becoming? And it can just lend itself for good discussion and helping us move forward in our walk with the Lord. Well, nevertheless, back to our text. So after these good questions are asked and he's satisfied, the old man, we're told in verse 20, he says, you are welcome at my house. And so they're eating and drinking. And then in verse 22, here we have the big turn in the story. You might want to mark it, verse 22, because here we're told, while they were enjoying themselves, some of the wicked men of the city surrounded the house, pounding on the door, they shouted to the old man who owned the house. And this is what they shouted, bring out the man who came to your house so that we can have sex with him. Well, this 
homosexual act is described as wicked here in our passage. It's also described as vile and also outrageous. I know we live in a time where people are trying to redefine morality, but the Bible makes it clear this act is sin. And we see a lot of sin in the book of Judges in many different forms. And from that, people become bound. They're not free to live a with God life. And so they turn to the Lord eventually and they'll ask for forgiveness and deliverance. And then God will bring salvation. But what we see in our text right now, it's all sin. For it even gets worse. For we're told then that there was this outrageous act done and there was even an offer by the host like you can have my virgin daughter or you can have this man's concubine but don't take the man and do what you want with him and so finally the man the Levite he took his concubine this is a reading from verse 25 and sent her outside to them to these men and what did they do they raped her and abused her throughout the night well so much for this man going back to Bethlehem to get his concubine I mean he is more concerned for his own skin and here we just see the depravity of mankind and what happens is that this girl eventually just finally can make it back to the door of the house and she dies. But what we're told is that this Levite, he gets up in the morning and he steps out to continue on his way. I mean, imagine that. This is just showing callous indifference. And it even gets worse because he looks at her there on the ground and says, get up, let's go. Well, when he finally realizes that she's dead, he places her dead body on the donkey and they head back home. And so we're told in verse 25, 29, when he reached home, he took a knife and cut up her, cut up his concubine limb by limb into 12 parts. It's just a horrible story this time in Israel's history. And what we're going to discover, and as you read further in the book of Judges, is that it leads to civil war there in Israel. Well, what are we to do with a passage like this? Well, one, we recognize the depravity of man and we know that we need to look at our own lives and we need to turn from whatever we're doing that's going against God's will and let's turn to Jesus and follow him. And let's do so to God's glory and our joy. So as we close our Living Life devotional today, I think it's important as we look at this decisive and dark event in Israel's history to just be mindful that there is 
depravity, right? We see darkness all around us. And it's like we're living back in those days when there was no king and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. But we want to be living life, right? And we do so to the glory of God. And we want to do what is right in God's eyes. We want to follow his will. Now, I want to draw our attention to the very last words in our text, the last words of chapter 19. And it says, so speak up. And I just want to use those words to say, let's speak up and let's tell this dark world, Jesus Christ is Lord, right? There is a king. We have a king and his name is Jesus. Let's be bold in our faith. Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the gospel that we can trust Jesus. And we thank you that even in his word, we see that his opening words were repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so, Lord, may we, as we think about our own lives, look at our own depravity, that wherever we're turned away from the Lord, that we would turn to him and that we would follow him each step on the road of transformation that you've set before us. For Father, we want to be a light in this dark world. We want to give you glory. We thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Yeah.